0: Fibromyalgia can be one of the most challenging problems to treat. What is on the horizon? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dr. Thomas Schwartz. Dr. Schwartz is currently Associate Professor of Psychiatry, Director of Adult Outpatient Services, and Assistant Director for Residency Training at SUNY Upstate Medical University, where he also directs the Depression and Anxiety Disorders Research Program. His clinical and research interests include treatment-resistant depression and anxiety, psychosomatic illness, adult psychopharmacology, and antidepressant augmentation for efficacy and tolerability. Welcome to ReachMD.
1: Great. Thank you for having me.
0: Dr. Schwartz, please tell us about your work in fibromyalgia. Well,
1: it's been a long and winding road. I think the diagnosis of fibromyalgia has been around a little bit, and there's always been this controversy, particularly in the field of psychiatry, is fibromyalgia really a form of depression? So does somebody get sad and depressed, and then they develop these uh, muscle aches and pains as a result of the depression? And the controversy is there's, you know, probably a reasonable number of patients and certainly clinicians and researchers that feel fibromyalgia is a completely separate entity and has nothing to do with depression or psychiatry. I think, you know, in my early training, I probably felt the former, that this was part of depression, but there was a bias in that the people that I see as a psychiatrist are depressed. Down the road, I you know, met some friends and family members and some rheumatologists, and we're having more discussions about fibromyalgia, and I was really kind of stunned with their stories about patients that are completely mentally normal, they're not depressed, they're not anxious, that have this really debilitating chronic pain syndrome. And so I think the more reading I did, the more patients I saw, the more I got out of kind of being in the psychiatrist's shoes, the more I really saw a very clear kind of non-psychiatric fibromyalgia. I think that's what sparked my interest, really, is uh, kind of the overlap. And and what I think I've decided, again, this is just my ideas and my practice, you know, a third of my patients clearly got depressed first and then developed fibromyalgia-like symptoms. I do think that exists. But I also think there's a third of patients that are completely, you know, mentally normal. And usually what you'll find is some sort of accident, uh, a whiplash injury, a crush injury, an industrial accident, a sprained ankle you will somewhere probably find some kind of biological peripheral insult, and then the fibromyalgia syndrome takes over, even in the absence of true depressive symptoms. And I would kind of view those folks as kind of a separate population of kind of truly biologically fibromyalgic. And then there's a group of folks in the middle which are harder to tease out. The other thing you'll see is in that group of patients that really seem like they have fibromyalgia and they're mentally normal, they don't have any psychiatric illness, Think about any other painful chronic condition. Uh, rheumatoid arthritis is an example. People that have their lives altered because they have too much pain and reduced stamina certainly would get depressed. Those are very stressful situations to see that you now have limits, that you're in pain all the time. And unfortunately, I do think a lot of people then come in depressed and we just assume the depression's causing the fibro instead of the fibro causing the life stress, which causes the depression. Mm-hmm. So I think this whole interplay between the chronic pain and the psychiatric disorders has been very interesting to treat patients and certainly look at from a
0: research point of view. So what is going on in terms of research? Well, I do think we have our first
1: FDA approval this year, a product called Lyrica, its generic name is Pregabalin, put out by Pfizer. So at least the FDA recognizes this as a kind of a bona fide illness that can be researched in studies. This product Lyrica is a decent uh, epilepsy-type medicine. It helps peripheral neuropathy, like from diabetes, uh, when you have painful nerve conditions. And again, the idea, one theory behind fibromyalgia is that you do have pain nerves in the muscles that are firing for no good reason. So your brain is registering these, these painful conditions and symptoms in the absence of any kind of injury. And so using a medicine like Lyrica can dampen those pain signals to some degree. So I think the most remarkable thing is we actually, we finally have an FDA approval in this area.
0: For those that aren't familiar with Lyrica, what kind of side effects do you see most typically with it? Well, like most
1: epilepsy medicines, I think you can see fatigue. You can see balance problems, uh, memory problems. Some people will feel that their thinking is slowed down. I've had some patients with swelling in their legs. So you can see that. You can see some weight gain. So again, it's not certainly not a free-for-all. Uh, as you know, most medications have side effects. But it's a reasonable option for an illness that really has never had an FDA-approved treatment.
0: What about the antidepressants? How do you decide when you might use them in a fibromyalgia patient and which one?
1: Well, another good question. I think if you find depression, probably with the fibromyalgia, I would go ahead and pick an antidepressant. And the idea would be to go back to the evidence base. Now, at this point in time, Cymbalta, which is duloxetine, is not FDA approved, but they do have approvals actually similar to the Lyrica product where they can help diabetic neuropathy or painful nerves. So again, the idea would be if you can use that serotonin norepinephrine mechanism to dampen pain signals from the the periphery, that's a great idea. I do believe they also have some double-blind studies, and they're probably looking at FDA approvals down the road if their studies hold up. So perhaps the first antidepressant might be the Cymbalta product, now, for Fair Balance, if you look at the literature, there's reasonable data for Elevil, amitriptyline. It's generic now. It's a tried and true tricyclic, but they really do have some very good data for treating the pain associated with fibromyalgia. So I do think you certainly could use the Cymbalta product, and there are other drugs that kind of block the serotonin norepinephrine pump system. And if you do that, uh, you could actually treat the pain even independently being depressed.
0: So that would mean maybe some of the other tricyclics or perhaps venlafaxine.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think there are a couple studies out, in, particularly in animal models and some in humans, that it actually looks like the norepinephrine component might be more pivotal, so you would want to pick drugs that have the ability to facilitate some norepinephrine, and probably the drugs that are norepinephrine plus serotonin, which is the of the as many of the tricyclics would be better for your patients. I'm not sure the, the SSRIs, the Paxil, Prozac, Zoloft, the serotonin-only medicines are going to show you nearly as good effect as the drugs that mix in norepinephrine.
0: For those just tuning in, welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dr. Thomas Schwartz. We're discussing the treatment of fibromyalgia. Now, Tom, what about the association between fibromyalgia and sleep?
1: Yeah, it's another leading theory. One idea is that patients with fibromyalgia are really deficient or they have the inability to reach a nice, sustained, deep sleep or stage 4 sleep. So one thing you can look out in your fibromyalgic patient, make sure they don't have restless leg syndrome or obstructive sleep apnea, make sure they don't have another medical reason for their sleep disruption. And if they do, I think it makes sense to treat those. And if they don't have any of those medical conditions, again, I don't think you need to send every fibromyalgia patient for a sleep study, but I think if you got into the habit of doing that more, you would find that they're missing their, their slow wave or deep sleep. So using sleeping pills makes sense. In my practice, I like starting with Roserum, which is Remelteon. It's probably the only non-addictive sleeping pill. It's a, a melatonin-facilitating pill. It doesn't work for everybody, but when it works, it's probably the least side effect prone. And then certainly using the kind of the more common ambient Linesta Sonatas, Uh, they have some sedation and addiction risk, but they're not bad either. So I I think if you find an insomnia component, it it is worth treating them. And going out on a a little bit of a a whim, there at least is a small double-blind placebo-controlled study with a product called Xyrem, generic name is sodium oxabate. This is a a controlled drug as well. And it really is one of the only drugs I'm aware of that promotes deep sleep as a very good effect. And they have a double-blind study showing they can help fibromyalgia as well. So again, I wouldn't be giving that to every patient, but people that continue with fibromyalgia despite several treatments, maybe it is an idea. So I think sleep is also a leading theory that missing deep sleep can cause a bunch of the fibromyalgia symptoms.
0: What do you see as the place of opiates in this condition?
1: Yeah, I think the opiates do have a place, a synthetic opiate called um, Ultram or Tramadol. Actually, uh, in the literature, they do have two or three double-blind studies. They are not FDA-approved, but they look like they have the controlled data that would support an approval. So I think to use that evidence base, if you wanted to go to a a narcotic-type pill, I think Ultram would be a very good place to start. You know, Stronger or non-synthetic opiates, again, not a bad idea for certain patients. Again, I would save that for... Everything else we've talked about, except for maybe the xyrum product, I would try first. and I would move into the opiates kind of as as the last resort. Again, my bias is I, I don't use a lot of opiates as a psychiatrist, and my threshold is probably a little bit more difficult to reach where I'd be willing to reach into that bag of tricks. But again, if you're working with a rheumatologist as a psychiatrist or a primary care doctor, they're probably more comfortable with that. And again, I wouldn't fault them for moving to it earlier. I just hold that for later in my practice.
0: Any idea where the research is going to take us in the next five or ten years in fibromyalgia? Well, I think
1: you're going to see continued work with the epilepsy medications and the antidepressants looking at pain suppression and improving quality of life. I think we'll see companies looking at that. I do think you're going to see another component of fibromyalgia, which is fatigue. Uh, We're running some studies trying not to treat the pain of fibromyalgia, but the fatigue component. And I would say 90-plus percent of my patients, the pain hurts them, but it's the absolute fatigue that really interferes with their life. So we're using stimulants in practice and some of the, I would say, non-stimulant stimulants like Provigil and and the Isomer product, Armadafinil, as an example. So, again, I think we're going to take the syndrome apart and look at the pain component, the fatigue component. If there's a cognitive decline, we would look at that as well. So I think you're going to see more and more picking the syndrome apart. And finally, I can't say enough, it's an illness. The best data, I think, for effect sizes is a multidisciplinary approach. Some of the best data for fibromyalgia is cardiovascular exercise, physical therapy, biofeedback, cognitive behavioral therapy. I know I've spent a lot talking about the medicines, But if you can really use a more holistic approach, you're going to get better results, too. So possibly incorporating a lot of different clinicians to get the patient better. And there are studies looking at these team approaches which have very good results.
0: Any tips on how to get patients motivated to do that? I've had a tough time with some of my fibromyalgia patients getting them to go to get that cardiovascular exercise.
1: Yes, they look at you like you're the crazy one because they're (laughs) the ones that are tired and in pain. You recommended buying a treadmill. Right. Um, Absolutely. And and I think like everything else with lifestyle change, I really like kind of the stepwise motivational interviewing type approach. And you can't just show up as the doctor and say, I want you to start running eight miles a day on your treadmill. (laughs) But within the cardiovascular, whether you can just get them going to physical therapy, uh, walking around the house, around the block, aqua therapy in the pool, find something that they show an ounce of motivation with and start small and and then move from there. Uh, It's a very similar approach that I see people with insomnia, and sometimes you need people with insomnia to get out of bed if they're not sleeping or stay up all night to reset their clock, so to speak. And with insomnia, they think you're crazy too because you're asking them to to stay awake. And so it's a very similar uh, behavioral approach to folks with chronic pain and fatigue. And I would just start small and, and inch forward slowly. And again, if you have some working knowledge of the data you can share with them that, you know, basically the cardiovascular numbers are equal, if not better, than the many of the medications. And the other advice I give patients, sometimes they get sedated from our medications. We give them some balto or Lyrica and they get twice as tired. And sometimes they decide they want to put the medications aside and try some different non-medication approaches. So again, it is tough, absolutely. And I think you just have to kind of inch away over several visits and try to find a way to get them motivated.
0: Makes sense to me. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Great. Well, thank you. We've been discussing how to treat fibromyalgia with Dr. Thomas Schwartz. I'm Dr. Leslie Lent. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your questions and comments. Please visit us at ReachMD.com. Our new on-demand and podcast features will allow you to access our entire program library. Thank you for listening.